And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! (laughs) Hello, my freaky spelunkheads. Welcome to the Underdweller Hall of Fame, where we celebrate all our favorite chuds, morlocks, golems, albino alligators, and mutant street people. Today... We add a new group of inbred Chudbilly cannibals as the hills have eyes meet Gollum and a bunch of ladies reap the hick-fueled deliverance-esque trauma in today's Freak's Choice, The Descent. Welcome to the Vault of Starling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am one of your co-hosts, nice Jason Jackanetti, and I'd like to introduce my fellow co-host, Going across your radio dial, from left to right, the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. I'm not fucking Tomb Raider. Uh, we are joined by my brother, Luke Jackanetti. Holly goes down the hole. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, Two True Freaks OG himself, Chris Honeywell. I like your script, young man, but I'm not sure if I'm uh, too attached to the title, Lady Deliverance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you couldn't tell what we're talking about and how couldn't you uh, we are here tonight to talk about Freak's Choice so uh, you notice that I introed the show and you're thinking like Jay never intros a show he always has a smart ass comment he stumbles over um, no it's uh, this is my choice and my choice was uh, The Descent 2005's The Descent uh, directed by Neil Marshall it's actually Neil Marshall's second film his first being Dog Soldiers which is fucking awesome as well um, and now we are here to talk about um, about a bunch of women who have a really bad fucking day. So uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like just right. to point out, I'd like just to point out that in early pre-production of The Descent, it had a different title. Yeah. And that that title was It's All Juno's Fault. But they, yes. that, they thought yes. that was a bit too on the nose. Yeah. So. It's, all on the nose. <laughs> it's, it, it's like it's like the book Everybody Poops. It gives away the ending. You don't yeah. want to fucking Juno. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so okay. So, like I mentioned, this is Neil Marshall's second film. Neil Marshall, of course, um, has directed my, one of my favorite werewolf movies of all time, Dog Soldiers. And when they announced The Descent, which is a, again, it's a British movie, um, I said I gotta get my hands on this. I gotta find, get a hand on this. And my buddy John Fatakis, uh, he said, "Dude, I can get that." And he, and he found it online and ripped me a copy because it was out all over the place, but not out in America. And what he had ripped for me was the international cut of the movie. And so I watched the international cut of the movie, and I'm like, oh. Okay, great. And the international cut of the movie and the American cut of the movie are very much exactly the same until the very fucking end. And it changes shit like a lot at the end. And we'll get to that. But the idea was um, I had to see this because I saw a trailer for this and I go, holy shit, I got to see this movie. Um, I'm not someone who does really well with like confined spaces or like caves or like any of that stuff. But then there was a movie that came out called The Cave with like Morris Chestnut in it or something like that. And everything in there is big. They have all this room and no one's ever cramped. And the entire trailer for this, all you feel is like, 
I'm having a hard time breathing right now just watching this movie, <laughs> right? So what happens, I got the copy of the movie, and I said to my buddy John, hey, John, come on over, right? We're going to watch this. And this is the middle of the summertime. So we had the AC going, but it's broad daylight. Like, I'd made lunch for us and stuff because that's, you know, we used to do that stuff before I had kids. And, uh, you know, kind of thing. And we sit down, we watch this movie. And about, I don't know, you know, 20 minutes into the movie, John's like, kind of fidgeting his seat I'm like you okay he's like yeah dude um i know it's hot outside but maybe you could like you know like maybe open the the because i had i had all the the, the the you know the the back doors everything's closed so there's not a whole lot of light coming in he's like maybe you could open a door or something get some light in here i said what's the matter he goes yeah just just kind of feeling a little uh a little claustrophobic right now and it doesn't get better as you go through the movie because it gets more claustrophobic <laughs> as you go so I watched it. I fell in love with this movie. And I was like, wow, this is a movie people need to see. And I, I talked it up and people are like, ah, who cares or whatever. And everyone who I've shown it to has had a similar reaction. Um, when they see it, they feel, you know, they, it, it feels very tight and confined and stuff like that. And whatever else might, you might feel about the movie. Um, they always have that feeling. They did a great job of using sets there's not one real cave used in the entire movie. There was five different cave sets they used. They just rearranged to achieve this claustrophobic feel. And this movie is best described as claustrophobic um, along with everything else there. So what was your guys' first experience with this film? Well, I watched this actually. Um, this was one of, I used to do when I was at Clemson. I used to do little mini horror marathons called Horror Festicon. And... Uh, this was actually from the last kind of unofficial horror festicon because I, I cut them off when not when I got married, but when when I was, you know, when when my wife was pregnant with our first child, I did one kind of last blowout one. And uh, this was one of the movies we watched. And I remember thinking you know, the same thing you are. It's like, you know, you know, I, I have hobbies. They're not nearly yeah. as dangerous as this. That's right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've almost been buried in my boxes of comics and other crap, but I, I'm confident I could get out of that. Going down into caves and shit, it's like, no. No, I'm not going to do that. And then you add some other, you know, worse shit on top of that, and it's like, yeah, this is this is not a fun Saturday. Let's just leave it at that for these ladies. So, <laughs> I, But I, I saw it with that, and what was interesting, and... Um, uh, you know, we'll, uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this. When I saw it originally, I saw the American version of it. And then for this rewatch, I watched the English version of it and uh, was, was, you know, so I was a little bit surprised at, at the, at the change right there. So, um, you know, but yeah, but I, I've been a fan of this since I saw it and it's, it's been, geez and rice almost 10 years ago that I first saw it. So. I, I watched it for the first time this morning. <laughs> Me too. And, uh, yeah, I was, um, yeah, was, I mean, this blew the, blew the skin on my dick off, man. Like, this is, oof. That's, uh, yeah, it was it totally just visceral reaction. And I, it takes a lot to actually get a, a real visceral reaction out of me watching a horror movie. I am not claustrophobic, so the claustrophobic stuff doesn't get to me. But the, um absolute dread and hopelessness in this yeah. certainly did the and that first constant tension i i was i was watching it the first five minutes i had to pause it i was like oh my god just oh my god yeah. because it's yeah. i mean it, 
nothing I'm awful say is happening, ep- but it feels well until oh, within the first five happens. minutes, something yeah. awful yeah. happens. Yeah, well, the car but, accident. But it's car tense accident. before that. Oh. It's tense yeah. from the very first second. The the way they edit them having fun on their their you know whitewater rafting whitewater trip. Rafting. That even feels. That's what made me go. Oh, this is like Deliverance. But as I watched it more, I'm like, this is kind of like Deliverance. I said the same <laughs> thing to myself. But the, but the way they cut the 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 way they edited and the the music of them going down those rapids, it just felt like something awful was going to happen at any second. And there was just a tension between all the characters and everything, beginning to end. <laughs> you know, there was no let up in. And there being something uncomfortable going on, even when it was just joking around and stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is pulling the rubber band as far as you can pull it. <laughs> See, I've heard about this movie, and I, I think I put it on. This and Dog Soldiers is on my list of shame, too. I've not seen that yet. Yeah, Dog Soldiers and Doomsday are fucking awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm. Well, he's, he's, he's only made, he made, he made, okay, sorry, let's try to being Dog Soldiers, then he made uh, Descent, then he made Doomsday, which is another great one. Then he made Centurion, which is not a horror movie, but you're like, Neil Marshall was on a streak, and then like, then he just kind of started doing other things. And that's why when his name gets attached to something, I'm like, oh, please let this happen. Like, his name gets attached to whatever the heck it is. I'm like, oh my god, he would totally kill this. And then like, they, no, we're gonna go with like, Josh Wheaton, and like, fuck that guy, you know, kind of <laughs> thing. You know, kind of thing, but, sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. Um, he doesn't have many credits under his name as a director, and and he also wrote this too. And this is part—he he's, he's a director, and he's part of the writing thing and the whole everything else with this. So sorry, yeah. Oh, but I didn't mean to, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like when I was a kid, I and even now I don't—I never really had a fear of heights or never claustrophobic or you know agoraphobic or anything like that. Although you know, like anybody else, you'll have moments when you'll have little freakouts of mm-hmm. where you don't can't take it or. But once when I was a kid, and I used to, I was the kid who discovered that you could crawl under the the road under in the drainage, you know, the drainage tunnels mm-hmm. they would have under, and I would yeah, get, yeah, yeah. I'd cross the road in the drainage tunnel to like freak out my friends, and then we all learned how to do it, or it's not you learned how to do it, but you just had to had to not be freaked out by it to do it, and then one day we were. Um, there was this crack in the that basically led to a sort of cave near my friend Will's house, and I had to have been like eight or nine years old, and uh, we were crawling into that crack, and and uh, I was up ahead of him, and as I was crawling around, I sort of crawled, and it was it was basically you know rock above me, rock below me, and just sort of sort of had to suck your gut in and suck your chest in a little bit to go. But you're a little kid, so I didn't give a shit. I was made of rubber. But when I turned the corner and no sunlight was coming in and it was suddenly like, you know, d- dead s- dead dark and that weird underground silence and I realized that, like, the slightest movement of this rock would just either trap me in there or crush me flat and yeah. it just freaked me out and i was just like okay rock cl- caving is probably not going to be my thing <laughs> you know and the, and I, then i, I think subconsciously i knew i've heard good things about this movie ever since it came out and i knew it was going to exploit that and it it exploited that very thing and then 
used, you know, what could possibly go wrong with it to make it even worse. You know, it's when yeah, you're in that yeah. space, it's like, I can't move. And then all of a sudden it starts to collapse. That's horrifying. And yeah, this whole movie was, I, it was one of those things where I didn't like any of the characters really, except for the, 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 the main woman, what, you know, you felt bad for, her, but there wasn't anything especially attractive about her you know when they were all together joking around i was like i don't know if i like these people they're almost kind of like the female equivalent of dumb jocks you know or they're not but it's better written than a regular horror movie where it's just like obnoxious teens or something and there's no you're real problems between (laughs) them and and rivalries and ugliness going on just below the surface and I realized, like, 43 minutes into this movie, we haven't seen a single monster or right. any kind yeah. of any kind of hint that there's going to be a monster. It's, and it was right. going to be another 10 minutes before we saw one. And I was well, like, this movie would yeah. work just as a drama of getting stuck yes. in a cave. Yeah, I said point. Yeah. feeling the same that's, thing. I, mean, I was I sort mean, of that, hoping that first... it would. <laughs> so yeah. It well, I mean, I, I, the, first, as, as the first time I was going to say the yeah. first time I watched it, I was almost a little disappointed that they went with the monsters. But because I'm like, oh, I mean, this is pretty friggin scary in and of itself. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I was, mean, I was that, like, that first sort of bit, like hoping it as would soon as that level of scariness and maybe yeah. not go up into the like now monsters are chasing you. So it was the, very good at ramping that up. Yeah. But the but that first time when they're start when they're all going through that that really narrow passage, oh my god! It's like no, fuck no, no. Yeah. no. Yeah. You know what? I am. You know what? I understand this was this. Like, if I'm Sarah, it's like nope. You know what? I understand this trip was to get me back on the horse. The horse is going to the glue factory, folks, because I ain't going. <laughs> well, ain't gonna happen. Right. If you think about it, like you, just it, it, that's assuming I could squeeze my fat ass through that tiny hole. That's right, why right, there's right. all women in this movie. Oh, no, none of us are spelunkers. No, dude. No, we are not spelunking <laughs> anything. If you think about it, like even just have, like you were saying, Chris, just the white water rafting, which, by the way, um, they 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 were going to get stunt people. They said, no, we'll do it ourselves. They had no training. They was real. They really went white water rafting for the first time. They were all on there. They had no practice, no nothing. They filmed it. And thankfully, no one died. Right. And so what happens as soon as you see the like the husband and him and Juno have that moment and you're like, fuck, like, really? Like, like, it just makes you uneasy. And you're like, OK, like there's something going on there. And he's right. so fucking distracted and he's so fucking an asshole because he can't he can't be bothered with with his wife and, and his child. He's so thinking about how he wants to fuck Juno that he kills two of them and puts her in a fucking coma. And it just that to me, it's so angry. It made me so angry as 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 a uh, as a husband and as a dad and as a lot. Of, it just made me furious. and as a driver. And, yes, and all right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, what is the fucking and, road, man? Come but, on. Here's the beautiful thing about that. All that stuff, all that shit that made you angry. Yeah. Could have been like so ham-handedly presented in yes. dialogue yes. and exposition, yeah. and it's no, all done look. with yeah. just little, little looks, little shots, yep. just, yep. just, and that's what, and, and and it's a ramped up tension where yeah. there's nothing really overt going on. It's all under the surface, and uh, yeah. it's which means when that car accident happens man it 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 hits like a it's fucking ton of bricks yeah. well i i, I was at that point thinking car coming 
And you see him kind of veering, and then, like, you're like, okay. And then, but the the stuff to shoot through the car, fuck, you know, kind of thing. So I had to back it up and watch it again to see what happened exactly. But I was thinking before that, I was thinking to myself, well, this the the woman the woman with the with the husband and you know there's only one husband and kid here. She's going to be the survivor type because she has something to live for. You know, she has someone to you know, we're seeing her husband and kid for some reason, so we're going to want her to live because she, you know, she has to get out to her family and stuff like that. And then that 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 trope is wiped out, you know, 2 minutes mm-hmm. later. And that's when I was just like, "Ooh, this is something different yeah. going on here." I, I think that's one of the things Neil Marshall does and and it's it's um he he doesn't he doesn't play by the rules sometimes with how he does things. Um and again, you haven't seen Dog Soldiers, but you know, Hero and Luke, you've both seen Dog Soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like he doesn't play within the rules sometimes. Like he he's like, "Okay, this is what we're supposed to do in a, you know, werewolf movie. Well, we're not going to do that, right? This is what we're supposed to do in this kind of movie. Eh, we're not always going to do that. And it's not that he doesn't, it's not that he's like, you know, reinventing the wheel every time, but if you do enough of pushing that where you think you might be going and it's not safe within the first fight, you're like, okay, I don't know if this guy, like you, a part of you thinking like, is this guy like on the level? Is this guy like, okay, where are we going? Like, what's going to happen now? And, you know, you're within five minutes of the movie starting. You've already had an insane trauma that could be the setup for a rest of a movie that has no monsters in it. There's the, the, the entire dynamic between all the women, even the ones like the, who are supposed to be tight and whatever. And like, you know, Juno's like she had to leave because she couldn't handle it because she's too busy fucking this guy. And she's the one who basically right died. And it's all this shit that you know, it's all underneath the surface. That they don't have to say a damn thing. That's the best thing. There's not a whole lot of talking. No. There's not a whole lot of like, well, you know, remember how you left and I felt this. And there's no Mm-mm. bullshit. Mm-mm. There's none. no feelings. There's none of this. There's none of this. I don't need to talk about it. It's all understood and it's all implied. And it's all awkward. The, the, the whole thing. The two. There were two lines. There was. There was. Yeah. Well, you notice she got out of there really fast when they're talking about the future. She was there in Scotland, but she got out of the. You know, you notice she got out of there real fast. And then that later on, she looked at her and said, I'm sorry I left early, you know, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's all that it was. And then uh, and then a look and just a little comment of her being like, oh, my hands are cold with when he was pulling her out of the water. That's it. It did nothing nothing else had to be spelled most of the dialogue was basically practical dialogue of them figuring out how to do right. what they yeah. were doing and yeah. it's so refreshing when a movie like grants you that level of of saying yeah okay you're intelligent enough to to read this we don't have to drive and it, it, i mean especially in something so simple of a concept for a movie it's it's just that they don't feel the need to fill it up with details and and dialogue it's wonderful and it's it's it makes it 10 times more grueling i i watched this movie in three parts (laughs) i I had to break it up too man i was i was just like okay i'm gonna take a break now Watch some, watch some, watch some kittens, you know, hanging out with their mom, and then come back for part two. And, uh, in a dark theater, boy, oh boy, oh this God. must have been awesome. 
I can't even imagine that. Brutal. Yeah. And, and, and the the thing about, like I said, is that the the uh, you know the, the the plot is fairly straightforward, as you said. Yes, there's all this stuff that's kind of percolating under the surface, but. You know, to, it, to me, it's like, you know, again, I, I said I made the joke before. It's all Juno's fault. Everything that happens in this movie is because it's her fault. And so you get this real sense of, will someone please kill her? Because that's yeah. as soon as she said, well, this isn't that set of caverns. It's like, what the like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What, yeah. what kind of idiot does this? And the, and I mean, the way like, they seriously, whatever up. you want to do that. I mean, I mean, if whatever your plan is. I mean, you've got to be, you know, it's like, what type of mental disease do you have that you think this is a good idea? I mean, what? I mean, I'm I'm serious. She was doing it. She wanted to do it to make up for killing that. (laughs) You know, to make up for guilt was like, we'll have this cave named after you. I mean, I I understand that, but it's at the same time, it's like, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Crazy, I mean, that's, that's a crazy if they're if they're plan. this if they're this, but if they're this experienced at doing all this stuff, all this extreme sports stuff that they talk about when they're in the cabin, then you know you don't do that because then she yeah. said, "Oh well, you know, if we filed a flight plan, when we don't show up, rescue will come." It's like, well, then you know that's not going to happen. It's like, what the? Heck? I mean, you're you're either got to be supremely confident or supremely stupid or uh, some combination of the two. Some and I that, have known people Juno. with that. That that's the thing. The combination yeah. of those two is deadly, and there's yeah, that I mean, scene. There's that scene towards the tail end of the movie with the where the one girl's like, "Don't trust her." And I'm yeah, thinking right. to myself, that's a little, you know. I mean, her reaction uh, when in in that scene when she pickaxes her friend is, you know, I I mean, it's. Not forgivable, but it's understandable that just in the shock of it, and you've like, oh my god, I killed this person. She doesn't and, seem too broken up, though. Yeah, she well, doesn't. she's yeah. yeah she uh, there might only be so broken up that she is, or maybe it's all internalized, or or whatever. But it, I mean, it's obviously when she does it, she's horrified that she did it. But then she's just like, okay. I'm not going to deal with the consequences of it. And, right. and, uh, and I was thinking, that's ah, kind of harsh saying don't trust her because she also is a kick-ass fighter. <laughs> but, well, let me, but let me ask you guys They were absolutely opinion. right into, in, in being like, don't trust her because, yeah, she's responsible for everything. So yeah. let, me, let me ask you guys a question because as part of, you know, as, as, as you do for these sort of thing, after I watched the film, I was reading some stuff online. I read the Wikipedia page. Me too. And, okay, now let me ask you guys this question, and you tell me if you agree with this, because I don't agree with this reading at all. So we're going to jump into the film. This is the second-to-last paragraph of the summary, the plot synopsis of the film, okay? Juno encounters Sarah and lies to her about seeing Beth die. That's fine. After defeating a group of crawlers, Sarah confronts Juno, revealing that she knows that Juno had wounded Beth, okay, and had left her for dead, okay, and about the affair. Now, does Sarah know about the affair? Because I never read it that way. Okay. That's the thing I is, think, is I, the affair, oh, the affair oh, could have. Oh, the, 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 the little keychain thing. The yeah, key but chain, the, the, 
it says what her husband always says. That's that's yeah. that's, that's, that's oh, okay. from. See, I, I must yeah. have missed that line of dialogue. I'll, I'll be honest with you though. Like like no, but, but she she, she but never she deserved says, it just for bringing him into the fucking cave. Yes. Oh, I 100 percent agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, I would have been like I would have been I would have been like after like after Sarah pickaxed or ice axed. Um, and I got a comment about the ice axe in a minute. After she ice axes Juno in the knee. And I would have liked Juno to say, is this because I was fucking your husband? It's like, you were fucking my husband? You know, but... <laughs> yeah, but see, I think that would have ruined it kind of thing. Yeah, it, I that, know, but that, that would have been, you know, you got a little, a little bit thing. of comic relief, right? Just her showing that, just her showing her that, you know, little necklace. Yeah, the and, leaf, the wing, and, or whatever. And, the, you know, the whole thing that they communicated, it never got fully communicated. It was, But, you know, Juno, Juno, I don't think, was 100% sure that she knew, but she knew she saw the body and might, you know, the, it never was like completely explicitly done, but that's sort of like the whole way the movie went. You didn't, it didn't have to be, you know, Juno, Juno just knew that, that, you know, the gig was up and that, you know, <laughs> she had, she had fucked up and she realized it, but, that's that's what I love about it. It didn't have to be explicit in anything of the of of that stuff. It was it was it's better on the underneath the surface. I mean, that's just how that's the nature I think of great horror movies is having that subtext that you don't have to have shoved down your throat. Well, once it's shoved down your throat, it's not even really subtext anymore. Right. And it's just text. Yeah, it's just it's right. just like here it becomes a trope. In this they 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 just let it be and they let you work on it and they let the way they edit it, shoot it. I mean, this is very carefully shot and edited. Just the fact that the beginning scenes when they're all in the the scene in the cabin where she first shows up and is hugging everybody and then like what has to go into the cabin to meet her best friends and she has to stop beforehand and just go <sighs> and yeah. gird herself before going in and everybody's you know trying to be is being you know i mean there's obviously an elephant in the room but at the same time it's just everything comes off obnoxious and wrong and tense and and yeah. there's 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 little subtext is subtext of of maybe some lesbian yeah, attraction oh, yeah. or fooling around. Yeah, right, right. Well, but, but you know, you know, Hero, you you said it before. You know that you don't like any of these people. It's like these are the girls that are going to tell you about their CrossFit, you know, and tell yes. you about their CrossFit. And, and then I'm going to tell them about the box of Twinkies I ate because fuck yeah. you. <laughs> You know, it's it's like the old joke. If a, if a vegan who does CrossFit comes up to you, what does he tell you about first? But the, uh, <laughs> you know, but it, but you know, but it 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 gets you know. You're right. It's got all this. You know, all the, it's it, it's that group dynamic. And and the thing I do like that not all of them. That there's a couple that are you know kind of fringe to the group. There's like the core group, right, and it's like, right, oh, right. these are my friends that came along too. You know, and so it's uh, it's got that whole thing going on. It's like all these all these girls that, you know, just wanted to have a nice weekend in North Carolina. It's like Juno says, nope, none of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind that shit. Here comes Juno. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, and the thing is, too, Neil Marshall made sure um, he tried to make them all different, but yet enough where they, they're alike enough where you could see them as a group. But yet none of them are 
cookie cutter, the same, like clearly, you know, like, oh, they're the exact same character. He tried to make sure the characters were different enough for that, that they, they could definitely be friends, yeah. but not to the point where you're like, oh God, okay, well clearly those are the two who did this. And those are the, like, you know, there's the, enough there where you can hold them together. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the, the people who are like that, you know, male and female, uh, and I know people like this, you know, are they do generally like, like look and dress. They're a lot alike, you know, especially the really athletic people because they're a physical type a lot of times. Yes. And so, you know, because their guts don't hang out and, you know, <laughs> well, they yeah, like to these, wear shirts you know, these are without holes in them. been into the physical <laughs> aspect of life their whole time. Yeah. And so they're but that also makes them kind of, you know, not. Except they're they're definitely not empathetic characters. They're all it's yeah. all competition for all in on different yeah. levels, you know. Right. Yep. From the one girl who's just like overtly going to be competitive with that. There's you know it's that that's the type of people they are. So I mean, once the once the monsters start attacking, I stopped worrying about. I don't like these characters. And that's because that's a, one of the signs of a good horror movie for me is once the shit hits a fan, you you if it makes you take these characters that you like, these people are kind of shits. And then all of a sudden on a human re- level, you're just like rooting for them because you don't want to see them get eaten by, you know, the basically the super mega hillbilly inbred hillbillies yeah. like in deliverance <laughs> yeah. these are these are beyond and uh to this film's credit it really didn't there could have been if if it was it really felt a lot like deliverance to me right down to like one character getting a a bone a protruding bone injury yeah. you know and, and yes. about it the middle oh, and of the movie oh she falls down the hole uh, like okay, so the other morning I'm watching this. I was watching it again the other morning, and he, she fell in the hole. And it just—I know it's coming, and I just like I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying to eat my oatmeal, like you know, before I go to school. I'm like, okay, it's coming. I have to be okay with this. Like I know it's gonna hurt. Like it's just so painful, you know, kind of thing. Because you know it's gonna be bone sticking out when you're done. So <laughs> like, at some point you're like, man, I wish she just broken her neck and died because I don't want to see the so, bone. You so know? did she too. That's yeah. the, that's what yeah. I love about it though is. These characters, although they were obnoxious, they all were smart enough and experienced enough in doing stuff like this. And except for notable exception of Juno and the other girl were, you know, into safety and preparation. So when, you know, she realized she had the bones sticking out, it it was, you know, she was, she was not happy about it, but she knew that somebody, you know somebody's going to have to snap this back into place and yeah it, it just played out very realistically nobody was the h- hysterical person who had to get slapped or who was going <laughs> to who was going to ruin everything every time because they were flipping out and go we're going to die we're going to die we're going to die it's all over blah, 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 blah. shut up shut up you know there was none, none of that and i love that i love that because yeah it, then you get into sur- survival mode, and then we went into full apocalypse now with yeah. him coming up out of the pool of blood, ready to blood. just like, yeah. I'm going to start killing them now. Well, the thing is, too, and this is another thing Neil Marshall was very big on. Originally, they had wanted to get the stuntmen to play all the all the uh, the crawlers, and he said, no, I want actors. I want actors who can move and can move around. I want actors. 
because they have to emote without saying any words and they're blind and stuff. And he was afraid if he had just stuntmen in there doing their thing, it wouldn't look good. So he was very adamant about having real actors, much like they did in Aliens. James, James Cameron was very adamant that he wanted people who were acrobat who were more acrobatic to perform a lot of the scenes. Um, you know, especially at the end of the, at the end of Aliens, when you know when when they're like they're jumping over things and do whatever. He wanted to show that they were nimble and they could move and stuff like that. I mean, again, it might not seem like that big a deal, but think about the scenes when the when the crawlers is like putting his hand right on her face, like that's an actor emoting through that makeup. It's not a stunt guy who just kind of like or a piece of CGI. Well, well, the fact there's no CGI in this is great, right? The fact there's no CGI in this. Well, no, the the the, they are not CGI. None of them are CGI. They're all done with actors. Oh, awesome! So any CGI that was done was just to enhance. It's 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 the little touch-ups here and there. Yeah. But did you notice any CGI in the movie? I mean, seriously, like. I, I noticed that. I noticed a digital composite late near the end. Yeah, but... when you right, had, right, yeah, had yeah, a hundred of yeah. them crawling, that I, I just yes, assumed yeah. a lot of that was CGI just from that's just how they sort of do it nowadays. But... Yeah. Right, that's what I mean. But I, I don't mean like, okay, so what I'm saying is, but like, there's no, the creatures themselves are no, not CGI they felt, creatures. they felt real and slimy real. and goopy. Yeah. That that yeah. that part though, where he puts, puts walks over and puts, or crawls over and puts his hand on her yeah. was one of the few parts that I was like okay I'm not buying this because when you touch another body you feel like I agree. Yeah. you feel the motion well, you feel the see, warmth my, my, they well, would probably see, my, really my thought be with sensitive that. to heat well, you know? uh, yeah well that, yeah they're they're not because that was my that, I was thinking that too they, then they you know it's like well wouldn't he be able to smell her or something like that but if he I think that's at that point the she's the, covered the, in blood well no he, he thinks in... he just just assumes she's a corpse you yeah. know, so she's not making yeah. any sound. They makes it that that they are such strong uh, uh, sound hunters yeah. that obviously, okay, that this his thinking is, oh, this is just a corpse. So he just moves on. He doesn't pay it any mind. You know, the thing about the the monsters in this, which are called what are they called? Creepers, crawlers, you know? crawlers. The creepers, they'd be they'd be driving around in a van, and that'd be something. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's, hey, ladies, that's more like the, that's more like yeah. the Will Smith. Uh, I am legend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going go spelunking, but uh, you know what's funny is that just earlier, just earlier this year, I read uh, the third of Edgar Rice Burroughs' Pellucidar novels, and Pellucidar—that's the series that begins with At the Earth's Core. And what's funny is that there is some stuff in uh, in At the Earth's Core and in the second novel, which is Pellucidar, where David Innes is talking about trying to because that series takes place in a hollow earth, so there's lots of caves and caverns and you know, crap like that, that he's crawling through when he's trying to escape from like the Mayhars and stuff. And there's stuff where he talks about trying to squeeze through tiny crevices of rock. And that made me think of this, but then the monsters, when they come out in this, the third book, which is called Tanar of Pellucidar has a race of subterranean humanoid cannibals Ooh. that are hunt that, that, that hunt down surface people. And, and well, they'll also turn on each other if there's not enough food, but they're totally blind. They have pale skin. And so it's like, okay, this is a lot. This, I mean, I didn't find any, you know, connection where Marshall had said, Oh yeah, you know, we, we took this inspiration, but it's pretty clear that that's well, to me, that's like, where it came Gollum, from. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, I got, but you know, Burroughs wrote that wrote that book in 1930, you know, so that that kind of the I guess the shorthand for the subterranean humanoid creature, the pale skin, 
you know, either blind or with giant eyes like Gollum to try and capture what little light they can, eating all the raw and nasty stuff or anything they can get their hands on. So it, it was as funny to me to see the Korapis, as they're called in Tanar Pellucidar, to see the Korapis make an appearance in this film almost 100 years after Burroughs wrote about them in <laughs> Tanar Pellucidar. I just thought that was neat, you know, because it, it's very much that same motif, and it's done wonderfully. It's like, crap, if they made a Pellucidar film today and they got to the third story, you could use this design for the Korapis yeah. and it would be scary as hell that whole sequence where Tanar is in their city. So I just thought that was just a neat touch. You know, we, we, we don't always, you know, every, always, every creative person, you know, you're always bringing, you know, your likes and dislikes, your interests and things you've uh, consumed over the years to whatever film you work on. So I don't know if Marshall read Pellucidar when he was in school, but maybe he did, or maybe one of his, you know, production design guys did. And just that was something that stuck. So I just thought that was really nice. And again, I, I as I was watching this the first time, it's like, my God, we're going to introduce a monster. It's like, eh, you know, it's pretty, it, to me, it's it's pretty just scary enough being trapped in an unknown yeah. cave. But they do it so well that it's like, okay, well, that that's just, that's, of course, that's the right decision. It's the only thing you can think at the, once the film is over. Because, yeah, because it, it has to keep, ratcheting up and ratcheting up it doesn't you know it, it's it hits you in the face to start but then it's all about tension and mood and it just keeps getting worse and worse throughout the running time and it and movies only a hundred minutes so it's not a particularly yeah. long film but you know it flies by it's one of those ones where i was, I was watching it the other morning and uh, the whole the rest of the house was asleep and so it was pitch black in the room i was watching it in and and you know, it's just like, oh Jesus! It's another half an hour has gone by. Everything is so tense. It just, it just yeah. pulls you right in. You know, the thing is, though, too, is like you said, you know, you don't see anything until almost 40 minutes in. But when you watch in the cave, they actually, actually does put them. There are the scenes where you know, she has the one where she's like, I think I saw something, right? Even before that, when you look, there actually are that he had him in the background. If you right. look deep enough in there, you can see that there is someone there, you just can't physically see them all the way. And it's just the idea of that slight, maybe a little flicker of motion, little something in that, he's just implying it, that they're not alone. And there were a you few know, noises, they, like little child yeah. laughing noises too, here and there. Well, that's also her too, her-, her Yeah, uh, how much, how yeah. much of that is hallucination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the alligator and alligator, that one scene where you can, he's there and nobody sees him, you know? Right, yeah. Well, that's, the, well, that's a different story. Yeah. Um, the problem is this entire movie, there was a whole entire school of thought that this entire film um, is not about creatures in a cave. And they got down there and she murdered everybody. That she got down there and just mentally broke and murders everybody. Um, and that was originally when you, um, well, we let's talk about it because, you know, the kind of thing it has to be here anyway, so. I mean, um, you could you, you could totally you could totally write that you could totally. I don't know if that's how it was meant to be because no. they didn't really drop any breadcrumbs of it, but you could fit that. You could retrofit so the, that. So the end of the movie, in the American version, I'm assuming I don't know which version. I know Luke's seen both. I don't. I'm assuming you guys saw the American version. You saw the international. Out. You saw the international. Okay. Now, uh, Honeywell, I don't know which one you saw. Did, she did crawled out. I, I want you because you guys got the version you got from me, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay so whatever version they watched, that's okay. what I watched. So here it is. The American version ends like this: she crawls out of the dirt, she gets in the car, she drives away, she stops, she pukes. The car goes by, she turns, she sees Juno, 
and that's when the credits hit. That's the American version because they felt that way it could be, um, you know, be, you know, like now that she's escaped and next now she's seeing the vision of Juno, and they left it there. The international version, obviously, she wakes up and she's in the cave, and the torch becomes the child's cake. And it's what they're saying is, is that um, at that point, either version, you could technically, if you were to go in and, and basically hot tension on the end of this movie, um, if you were to look back, if they were to like somehow on the film, like have the camera rolling and walk back, and now there's not, you know, there's now not a a uh, um, a creature kind of, it's her killing everybody. That was one of the things people had said, well, this is where they could go with this. And is that what it meant? It's supposed to be a metaphor for her uh, releasing all her rage on them in this cave and killing all of her friends because her life is now ruined. I mean, I think it works beautifully the way it does. There's a lot right. of tension all the way through. The creatures make sense. The The American version, they cut, they truncated the ending instead of the international because they felt it was too down an ending. It's, I it's kind of Brazil-like. <laughs> I love the international ending when she's now hallucinating and you can hear the creatures and there's clearly, she's she's not there. Like she's not all there the whole time. I think that is more fitting than her escaping and puking. But when you watch Descent 2, you right. kind of have to know which one you're watching because shit don't make sense otherwise. And Descent 2 um, is not nearly as intense um, by way of like, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of shit happens in that movie and a lot of people get fucking killed and there's a lot of crazy shit in that movie, but it's certainly not this movie. It's certainly not in the level of this film. And I think that was shown also too, because Neil Marshall didn't direct it. It was kind of, they made it later and all that other stuff. Um, what we get at the end there, when, when, when she, when she crawls out of the ground and she's running away, it reminded me of the end of Text Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! Like when, when, when she's on the, you know, she's screaming and they're they're driving away. I'm like, oh my God! Like that that just brings back that emotion. And the First truck. Muscle you know, yes, but she's driving the truck at least, not in the back of the pickup no, truck. No, no, I mean the like, the semi truck, the the, the logging yeah. truck that goes by behind yeah. her is yes. you know, there's a truck at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes. too. Yeah, but I'm saying it's but it's it's that feeling when, when you first saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, you know, and again, Texas Chainsaw Massacre has this reputation of being this bloody, gory, disgusting film. And then there's really almost no blood in the entire film at all, um, you know, which is because people want it to be that. When you see the end of the movie, just the, the look on her face as she when she escapes the family, you're like, oh, my God, like this is like totally so intense. And I got the same feeling when you see when, when she escapes the cave, when she when she's now running to the truck. And then when she pulls over to puke, you're like, yeah. Okay, this is like shit. How did you not puke before now? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, kind of thing. So, but the 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 international cut is um, both are available. I actually own both. Um, I, I actually bought I actually bought two different DVDs back in the day so I could have both versions of the movie because God fucking forbid they put them on one disc, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 two minutes. That's all it is. Right. Um, whole, I mean, it's all. There's no other difference in the movie. There's no other cuts made to the entire film except the ending. And they really felt that American audiences could not deal with that ending. Yeah, it was it's, too. It's totally Brazil. That's yeah. So, I mean, I, I, as you can tell, I mean, obviously, hopefully, people listening can tell. I love this film. It is, and again, it's not a film I'm going to throw on all the time. But one day they had it on Sci-Fi Channel. They was shown, and Dad and I started watching it, and then they showed Descent Two, and we watched that too because it hooks you. It just you grabs you and you're like, all right, we're watching this. 
And Dad and I are sitting there watching it one afternoon at his house, and we watched. The, and again, it had commercials, which drives Dad nuts, of course. But you know, you watch Descent, and we watched Descent Two, and Dad's like, "I've never seen Descent 2. I'm like, "You didn't see this?" He goes, "No, I, he never. He just never had seen it." He goes, "That was watching them back to back allowed you to kind of get the full feeling of the story that now starts taking place in the second movie." There is no Descent Two did not need to exist. Um, I mean, it's it's good, but it doesn't need. It's not like, oh my god, I need to know what happens next, because either the American version or the international cut, when it ends, you can fill in what happens next. You know, in your mind, you can fill in what happens. They then tell you, obviously, you know, telling you the whole story. But I mean, the the, the intensity. And again, I'm hoping that there's people who maybe have never seen this movie who are now going to go and try and experience this. And like the same thing we did when we talked about all those different Hammer films. You know, over the course of the time we were talking about Hammer or the Italian films you guys talked about and stuff like that, trying to give you guys something different. It's not the same thing. It's super easy to pick some, you know, run-of-the-mill, you know, cookie-cutter, you know, horror film. But when, when, when Hero, I think it was you this morning, said, oh, my God, the first five minutes are super intense, I said, that's why I picked this film. That's why I picked this. Because I'm like, I got to pick a movie. And I'm like, I could have picked anything. We could have done Dog Soldiers. We could have done... I mean, last time I picked Monster Squad. I love Monster Squad. There's no... I fucking... I watched Monster Squad a hundred times. It's no, no big deal to me. But sometimes you need to watch a movie that is going to be intense and going to get something, you know, kind of reaction out of you. You know, not necessarily like, oh my God, like I can't live with myself anymore kind of reaction. But it's, <laughs> it, 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 it gives you something. You guys had... You guys said you had to watch it in phases, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's intense. Imagine sitting there in the darkened theater, and there is no phases. There's just you sitting. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't let up. And that's I think that's what makes movies stand out as being different. That's why directors like Neil Marshall, you know, he's able to accomplish something that I think a lot of other directors don't understand. You know? So, I, a guy like, I mean, to be honest with you, a guy like Alex Aja... Alex Aja did um, Hot Tension and he did the Hills Have Eyes remake and other movies. He, he sometimes can really get this, um, you know, how, how to really amp up the tension and like really you know, kind of twist the screw, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of thing to get where you got to go. You know? But it, it's just not exactly, I think there's a lot of directors who think they're doing that, but it's just like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. I mean, there are no real like schlocky jump scares in this thing. You know what I'm saying? Well, when, no when, when when I compare this to Deliverance, I compare it both on the level of the story is very similar, but the quality yeah. too, and the the layers of you know interactions between the characters and what they you know, the rite of passage sort of aspect to it too, you know, the hero's journey or what you know whatever, but it's yep. the very visceral journey through a primal, you know, wilderness sort of. Um, thing is and you know i mean deliver deli i can't remember if deliverance won like a pulitzer prize or something but the book was like yeah. vaunted as this great novel and the movie got really good reviews and and this being a horror movie with monsters you know didn't get taken as seriously but boy it's it's as, as well written acted directed and conceived as deliverance and in fact, it's a little bit more visceral, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I certainly found it visceral. I yeah, man. It was just anytime you nail the atmosphere on a movie, that's what 
I always dig. That's why I like Carpenter's movies so much. And yeah, nice. but this is yeah. I mean, from the jump, you're just the weight of the world is just on you as soon as you pop this thing in. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I think you hit it there well, Chris, by saying like the idea like Carpenter does the same thing. You know, when he he makes his movies, he makes the atmosphere part of the movie. Like it's not just good enough that you have. All right, I got this movie. Like the atmosphere, the the setting, the everything is part of this. It's not just you know like even something like like like, like Assault on Precinct 13, the original, you know. Yeah. But that the jail is part of it. Like it's all part of it because if it's not part of it, if it's not part of what you're doing, then it just feels like window dressing. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. cave is as much a character in this movie as the crawlers or the women. You know, you know kind of thing. So, uh, I mean, it's. It is it is a very intense film if you can't tell from what we're saying, folks. But um, you know the the one thing I can say is this: is that um, if you're going to watch it, you don't want to be doing something else. You know what I'm saying? You want to truly give this movie your attention. You know, sometimes you're kind of watching like watching like whatever. And you're kind of like you know you're kind of doing something no, or whatever. Darkened like, room for this one. You yeah. you need to sit down and watch it. Turn and, out and the you, lights for this one. Yeah. So. Um, you know, the, the, um, what did I say? The, uh, I know at one point they put out, um, and they put out a, uh, obviously it's on DVD and stuff like that. They had put out a set that actually had Cabin Fever, Cabin Fever 2, Descent and Descent 2 all together on one of those like four movies together kind of, you know, things like, yeah. right? That thing's like eight bucks. If you can find that for eight bucks, I'll tell you right yeah. now. That's a great eight dollars you just spent. That's even a, if you don't like some entertainment Fever. packed in there, yeah. 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 I'm just saying, even if you don't, I mean, I like Cabin Fever. We saw Cabin Fever in the theaters. Um, even if you didn't like Cabin Fever or Cabin Fever Two, right? They're not, they're not bad movies. They're entertaining. You know, they're Eli Roth, so they're not quite the level we're talking about here. But the watching the Descent after you see it, and it, and it might shock, it might disturb you enough where you don't want to see the second one. The Descent Two is worth watching, and it just to find out what keeps happening with the story. If you enjoyed. Like what's happening? It, it's a continuation of the story. It's not nearly as intense. I don't think it could be. I don't right. think you could make a sequel that's as intense as this. You know no, what I'm because so, now mm. you know too much about the, or you know right. enough about the monsters too. To and you know, it just be when when you get to that point where you expand on the familiar monsters. Now, does do any of the characters come back from this movie? Yes. In two? Yes. Okay. Yes. So then you have a then you have a Ripley. I can't tell you then. any more than that. Yes, I can't tell you any more than that, but yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, so you got Ripley at that point, and and that's that's why Aliens Two was wisely more of an action movie than a horror movie. Yeah. So, but I'm just saying it's 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 the reason. Yeah, exactly. Alien is super tense. You know, like a lot of old dark house stuff. I mean, let's face it. In Alien, there is some old dark house shit going on in there. You're filling out the rules through the whole movie of Alien, you know? Yeah. And then Aliens, I mean, as good as Aliens, and I mean, Alien is one of my favorite movies of all time, um, you're able to get a lot of that feel, but it's totally different, you know, kind of thing. Aliens has some truly scary moments, but Aliens is more, like, exciting than... Yeah. scary well, you know okay so put it this way if you tried to remake alien again after you just made alien it wouldn't work right but i think i think isn't that the difference between a ridley scott film and a james cameron film? <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mean that in a derogatory way 
No, I mean, no, I mean, he, that's why James you know, Cameron was a good choice for the second Alien movie, because it, it made it work. It, it brought something unexpected and new to it, and he was good at it. And plus, you know, I mean, sort of, that uh, Terminator was almost more horror. The original Terminator wasn't a horror movie, but it was more horrific was, than the second yeah. Terminator, which it was had, more of a big... It certainly had horror elements to it. Yeah. It right, was a science right. fiction film, but it had horror elements, sure. Right. Yeah. I always just thought it was funny, just real quick, about Cameron and Aliens, is how how they got to him making it was, uh, the story goes that um, uh, Cameron and Galen Hurd and the rest of their crew were working, they were trying to develop this, this they had like a, a pitch, and the pitch was just a concept, it was Spartacus in space, <laughs> and... They, they, they were working like all day, sweating it out in this room, trying to figure out how do we turn this into a treatment so that we can sell this concept, right? And the, the story goes that they worked all day and got nothing on this concept, nothing really usable. And as they were walking out, Heard just says, well, you know, we could always do Alien too." And then Cameron stops and goes, wait a minute. And he, and he was struck with Why a Why not do both? Yeah. How to do Alien 2, so... <laughs> I I just always thought that was funny. It's like I've tried to think of a way to do Spartacus in space, and I'm I'm not sure how you can do it other than just do Spartacus, but in space. So <laughs> Spartacus in space, space. It's like I am Spartacus. In I space. am space Spartacus. <laughs> I am Spacticus. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, and you know, so again, I think I think we, you know, we've all kind of hit this there. Is that sometimes we watch horror movies, uh, you know, or monster movies, or however you want to describe them, right? Whatever, and they're they're like not not to say lighthearted, but they're they're movies like you like. Oh, that was a lot of fun. You enjoyed yeah, it. They're kind of pizza movies. movies. Yeah. yeah, I mean, put it this way, you know, like exactly. I mean, even which is just what I just said there, like a movie like um, we talked about Seven Legends of the Golden Vampires, and I've brought that up before, but it's like. Legend of Seven Golden Vampires is like nothing you've ever fucking seen in your entire life. Right, there's and plenty of moments of levity in that in that right. movie. There's too. plenty of times they break the tension, right, kind of thing. There, I don't. Th is there any no. levity None in this movie at all? Really. Yeah. Even there's, okay, even the picture they take where they're all trying to smile feels oh, like it's 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 like that's so forced and like. Well, then, they don't yeah, want then it. when they put it over the ending credits, it's just yeah. like it's just like oh, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah, right. And it, and he accomplishes the goal because you're not you're not thinking going oh man, look at those girls. They're like oh they're all dead. Oh yeah. they're dead. Yeah, just one got away, huh? Yeah. You know. It's and like, now they, it's, yeah, they, and they, all this means is they can't tell us about their CrossFit. So you know we yes. got that going on. <laughs> so, but you know, like I said, I was trying to bring something to to you guys. You know that I, mean, I didn't know. I didn't at the time. I didn't know that uh, neither you know Chris or Chris had seen it, not seen this. I know Luke had seen it, but I, I didn't know if you guys had ever seen it. And I said, well, if you hadn't seen it, it's worth watching. And if you had seen it, it's worth watching a second time. Um, I've seen this movie a handful of times. Uh, it, it doesn't lose its intensity. It doesn't lose it. Like, even though I know it's coming, like I know she's going to fall and break her leg. And that scene kind of bothers me because breaking legs and stuff, yeah. but like, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. Like when she, when she emerges, like you said, Chris, uh, you know, apocalypse now style out of the blood, you're like, man, that fucking, she looks nuts. Like she's going to murder everything. Mm -hmm. Like, and what happens? The creature's right there on her. Like even, even, even when Juno falls in the water. And the creature, and, and they're, I mean, they shove their fingers in their eyes. They're ripping, they're breaking necks. Like, 
they, they're like, we're done with this shit, right? You're not having it. And it just becomes one of those things that as you watch it, um, and, and I, I, again, like I've said, it's the beginning of the movie infuriates me to no end. The first five minutes of the movie infuriates me in a, in what I'm assuming, I mean, it, it, it hurts me as a, as a father and as, and as, 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 a, as just a human being, it hurts. But I think I, you need that in the beginning. You need to start that, like, oh my God, like, I think you need that right there because if it kind of just kind of meandered around and like had them bullshitting and talking, it would just be like, all right, what the fuck are we watching? Right. You know, you need that. You need the no talking. You need the slight look. You need Juno clearly more, you know, the guy's more interested in Juno than he is his wife and his kid. Like you need all those things and the words don't need to be said. And, and I think that's what allows you to internalize a lot of that and get it out of there. So, but, um, like I said, I'm, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I'm glad this is. I'm hoping that our listeners um, like it as well. Now, if, again, if you're interested in picking up The Descent, uh, you can get it on DVD for $5, like 5 bucks. Um, the Blu-ray, $9. I mean, I, ha- I have the Blu-ray of it. I mean, it's just, you know. And, and uh, like I said, the, the four-film collection, Cabin Fever, Cabin Fever 2, Descent, and Descent 2, $7.50. So if you go right to the Two True Freaks, uh, website, go hit that Amazon link, go on over there, um, look it up, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. I mean, I, I I think if if you enjoy these type of movies, if you enjoy like good tension movie, you know, movies that like are going to keep you riveted for mm-hmm. what was it, a hundred minutes? Like like they said, yeah, hundred minutes, minutes yeah. long. Well written, well acted, yeah. well directed. Yeah. I mean, it's it is it is the kind of movie that to me. If they made more movies, and honestly, like this, I don't mean cookie cutter this, but had that that in- integrity of what they were doing, I would be much happier as a film goer. Yes. If I could, if I could see movies that had much, even if even if let's say it's a movie I didn't necessarily enjoy the story of or whatever kind of thing, but the integrity of what they're making, I think it shows through here. I think we see somebody who took an idea. You know, they had a concept, whatever that might be. Even if Luke said, even if you're borrowing from Edgar Wright, whatever you said, Edgar Rice Burroughs, right, Luke? Yeah, yep. Right. Even if you're borrowing some of that idea from there, whatever it might be, if you if you follow through and give people what they want, and not 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 like you know lowbrow crap, but give them an actual movie that is worth the hundred minutes you spent on it. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than spending an hour and forty minutes, and you're like, ugh, I just wasted time. Right when you're done, I don't. You don't feel like you wasted time. On this no. Movie. Yeah. So. I'll, but I'll if stop, any, I'll <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. But if any listeners have opinions on the descent, you guys should feel free to send us an email. Mm-hmm. Our email address here at the vault is freakvault, all one word, freakvault at gmail dot com. So send us your thoughts on the descent. Do you like the descent? Have you never seen the descent? Or, are you know, are are you an extreme spelunker? Go ahead and send us an email. And we'll we'll discuss that here and respond on the show. So yeah, looking forward to if you're hopefully a, if hearing you're something. If you're a vegan CrossFitter, don't email us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they can for get the extreme but... funkers to come out the floor where you don't understand, man. It's real. But, it's all but... real down there. <laughs> <laughs> what is the guy also a blueberry who went down there? Yeah. What's up with that? Oh, fucking blueberry! <laughs> I have got some experience. I'm great with kids. I look like a goddamn blueberry. 
that, that's something the totally state notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so any any last thoughts on the descent? This should go on the top of your stack if you haven't seen it. If you dig if you dig the, the intense horror, if if it's not your bag, I would get it for this one. This is very strong meat. Yeah, this is this is quality, quality without being pretentious or overly arty. It knows what it's doing and does it. I, I I'm very very happy to wipe this off the my wall of shame and I'm gotta I gotta watch Dog Soldiers. Yeah, yes. you do. Dog Soldiers is not like this. I can tell you right now, you're not going to see nearly the intensity. Oh, I don't of, care. Uh, I don't like care. Tension. I just see that he's a good filmmaker. You know, yeah. if, if basically I I want to see more from the brain that that, that yeah. birthed this. Yeah, oh, you yeah. should de- definitely watch it. You, and Doomsday. You know, when you watch it, you, you see it. You see, this person knows what he's doing with horror because. I'm I'm fairly j I'm not even nearly as jaded as you guys and if it's if it's if it's impressing Jason and Luke then you know I mean I I I like can watch a horror movie and go that was a great horror movie or I'm really enjoying this this one this one gave me the heebie-jeebies so hats yeah. off yeah I'll I'll say I'll say this Chris take take some of the best parts of commando and aliens and put werewolves in and that's dog soldiers. Mm. And then, and then yeah, for wrong do- with that. And, and doomsday is the British escape from New York. Yes. Oh. And, and I'm, I'm serious. Oh, and, and I've heard cent- about that. Yeah. I think. And, and the thing is centurion, which has nothing was not horror at all. Right. They made a movie called the Eagle and everyone's like, Oh, that movie's so good. I'm like, actually that movie sucks. You should watch centurion. It's way fucking better. And that's what he'd happen. And then he's then he like made a couple episodes of a team, like he made did an episode of Game of Thrones or whatever. But Neil Marshall got into other things. It's it. I don't think Dog Soldiers and The Descent could be any further apart from each other in tonality, yeah. in the way they're done. But the quality of film. When you watch Dog Soldiers, you're gonna be like, holy crap! Like that's awesome. Like you at the end of that movie, you certainly aren't going okay. Like you know, it it, did, it didn't give you the, it won't give you the heebie-jeebies, but. First, you, if you appreciate good special effects, the fucking the, the werewolves and dog soldiers are top notch. They are yeah. howling. They are Rick. They're Rick Baker. They're Rick Botine. They're Rob Botine. Excuse me. Like they're that level top top flight effects. And the fucking movie has really funny crap at some points when it's supposed to be, and yeah. you're like, this is insane. You know, at no point it's it's just it's like aliens. That's probably the best way to describe. It's like aliens. Yeah, and then well, then it turns then it turns into. Uh, assault on precinct 13 at the end exactly right oh, you're like nothing exam- wrong with that <laughs> there's every movie that it's compared to is a movie you love right and you're like and it, but but at no time do you feel like oh they're just ripping this off it's all in there and 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 the thing is that's how crazy that is because that's the first movie i ever saw by neil marshall and as soon as i Good heard enough. it I, I said i got it i saw it because fangoria remember luke fangoria yeah. had yeah. um was it um, ginger snaps. They were saying you got you can't miss ginger snaps. And I oh love well, ginger yeah. Snaps. Well, it was yeah. It was um, well the yeah. It went. What did it go? The order because it was. I want yeah. I want to say it was ginger snaps, and then it was session nine, and then it was devil's backbone, and then it was dog soldiers. All came out were, in like the span of like five weeks. Those four yeah. movies all came out. Devil's and backbone is another one on my list. Oh yeah. Name. Oh yeah. It's it's, you it's, it's good. You ever seen devil's backbone? No. Spinoza oh. del diablo. 
Okay. So, again, I, I, know, I know folks, we're mentioning a lot of movies here. The movies we're all talking about, as Luke just said, there's Ginger Snaps, which is just a great, great movie, right? Session 9 is one of the most unnerving films I've ever seen in my entire life. I've, I've watched it once. I don't think I could bring myself to watch it again. It was that unnerving to me. Then Devil's Backbone, I mean, what a great movie, a great ghost story, great, just, just I mean, Gremel del Toro kind of thing, you know? And then, of course, then they come with Dog Soldiers, and I was like, man, they better stop, because the next one, if the next one and they suggest bombs, I'll be pissed, because there's four great ones in a row. Yeah. But as soon as I, but then once we saw Dog Soldiers, because we, we had actually rented, we had to go rent at Blockbuster Dog Soldiers, you couldn't buy it. I, I saw it when it was on Sci-Fi Channel for the first time. It's, it's it That's sounds like the little run that the French had, starting with uh, yes, uh, high tension. Yeah, well, the, the thing is with, with with those movies, you had you know Hot Tension, and but that's I, and then you had In My Skin, which is a very disturbing and not uh, not a pleasant movie. But and, like and martyrs and and what was well, the, and inside. With the well, the thing is, like, the thing is, in, in that time you had irreversible. And I think irreversible mm. did a lot more damage than it ever could do positive. But Martyrs was outstanding. In fact, the remake of Martyrs is even really good too. It's I, just not I haven't game. seen that. I forgot that even happened. Okay. Well, the original Martyrs. Well, I'm, I'm watching this movie, and again, at no point do you feel good at, at any point in this movie no. at all, right? And then inside, I mean, they, those that that run of French films at that time were just pushing the envelope of what they get away with. And then you had these other movies that were coming out, and they were some were Canadian and some were British and some whatever. But it was like nothing that they were putting out in America at that time. A lot of that was a cookie cutter stuff that was coming out. And what happened was they, they, it was it was an opening, and that opening thankfully was filled with quality films. And because once you put those, I mean. I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll take any of those, any of the movies we were just talking about. I mean, irre, irreversible is is I hate it with a passion. I, I will never sit through it again, ever, um, because it's just such a disgusting film. And at the same time, I can appreciate what the hell he was doing because I'm like, okay, I totally get what he's doing here. He did exactly what he wanted to do. That's what right. that movie. You know, Neil Marshall did his thing with Dog Soldier. And you're like, oh my god, that's great. This is his next film. I want to see it because he's in, he's. It's. I, I got to the point where I was like. This guy has an eye for something. Let's see if it's good. He hits two in a row. I'm like, what's the next one? And it was Doomsday. And I'm like, oh, my God, Doomsday. I, I, we almost went and saw it in the theaters because it actually had a run, you know, and we, and, you know, kind of thing. Because Dog Soldiers was straight to sci-fi, even though it wasn't a sci-fi movie, right? And mm -hmm. then um, The Descent played for about a minute in America. And then Doomsday actually got a run here. And when you watch it, you'll understand what I'm saying. This guy understands what he's doing. I mean, again, I know no one's going to hold him in the same. Uh, Neil Marshall didn't make enough films. They don't. They don't hold him in the same light as a Carpenter or a Ridley Scott or whoever, right? But but if hey, he's if you can, getting there, yeah. But I'm saying, but if you can make three films in a row and have no misses, three genre films, horror like this kind, and no misses in there, hey, I'll take that. I'll I'll take that as a career because you can totally be like, all right, and then you become a producer off of that stuff. But anyway, so. I don't want to go. I want this whole thing to go all far afield here, because God all forbid right. we get on a tangent. Because you know we do tangent sometimes. Go so, buy the friggin' movies. Yeah, yeah <laughs> go buy them. Go go spend the time. And hey, get, like Luke said, if you guys want to write in, we'd love to hear from you. If you are a spelunker, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, okay, I don't understand, but sure, you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying, I don't. You know me, I don't like. 
I don't like put on tight pants. Why would yeah. I want to get a tight space with a frock? You know? All my jeans are skinny jeans because I'm oh, fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never had pants fit so well. You know? so, <laughs> all I have to say in closing is, God damn it, Juno. Yeah, fucking Juno. Fucking Juno. I, it's, she's fucking hot, though. The, the psycho ones always are. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.